Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. This is the day the Lord has made. A day of great victory. Before, I had to tell my husband to go home and get this Bible for me because all I have is the Bible on my tiny phone. So um, before I continue, I'd like us to just briefly pray. Um, I woke up this morning and I had this urge to pray for, pray for our president against any physical attack. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before your presence, Lord. You said in Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, in everything, not in some things, in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, we make, should make our request known to you. And the peace of God that passes on understanding shall garrison in our hearts and mind in Christ. You said to pray for those in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness. For it is your will that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. We lift up President Trump before you in the name of Jesus. Father, we speak divine protection over him and his household and his administration in the name of Jesus. We speak grace, grace. We speak divine grace upon him. Lord, that you protect him and guide him in Jesus' name. And we thank you and we praise you because we know you are able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or think in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Um, we are going to look at a few scriptures. In John chapter 1, verse 1, the Bible says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and that life is the light of men. And if you look at Revelation chapter 19, verse 13, the Bible said, this is after his resurrection. The Bible said, and his name is called the Word of God. His name is called the Word of God. So I will want us to look at John chapter 17. We'll just read one to three. He said, These words spoke Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come, glorify thy son, that thy son also may glorify thee. As this is King James, just going to, as you have given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. Pay attention to verse 3. And he said, And this is life eternal, that they might know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom he has sent. 
and this is life eternal, that they might know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom he has sent. We all have eternal life. And what is this eternal life? That we might know him, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom he has sent. Um, we hear the word of God and we give our lives to Christ. And once we give our lives to Christ, we start struggling, trying to please the Father, which is wonderful. But if we don't, if we don't understand the fact of what Jesus has done for us, he went to the cross long, long before any of us was born. Behold the Lamb of God that takes the, away the sin. John 1, 29. Behold the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world. When he died on that cross, you and I were put in him. In the eyes of deity, in the eyes of the almighty God, when Christ hung on that cross, you and I were in him. That's why Galatians 2.20 said, I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ now lives in me. And the life that I now live in this flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. And we also do struggle with faith. Oh, Lord, give, increase my faith. Give me some more faith to believe you. But even the faith to believe him is a gift. The life I now live in this flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So what I'm going to try to emphasize to us is what I live by, the word, the word of God. Pastor speaks about these things on a day, I mean every week. I was listening to a, one of his podcasts, I think it was July, July, I forgot the date, this morning, and he said, one of the things he said that struck me is he goes to the refrigerator to look for something and he if he couldn't find it his wife would tell him he asked him I, I don't see it he said look look for it it's not going to jump at <laughs> jump at that here so you have to look for it to find it if you don't look for it you won't find it. It says, this is life eternal, that we might know him, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom he has sent. And he says, seek me, and you shall find me when you, have, when you search for me with all your heart. We are searching for him with all our hearts. So many things are going to try to stifle the word of God from us. Life happens day on a daily basis on your job, in your family, in your physical, 
every, every, I'm telling you, it's a battle, it's a warfare. But we will be find, fighting a wrong battle if we don't understand that it's a battle of words. It's a battle of words. If you go to the doctor and the doctor has a prognosis and says something, you listen to it, it comes by words. If you feel pain, if you feel pain somewhere, anywhere in your body, you give it voice by words. If you're under attack, like we have few tenants who refuse to pay since March, it's a battle. We need to understand that the battle that we fight is a battle of words, but it's a good fight because Jesus already fought the battle. We are not going to, in those days we do prayer and I was, we go and attack the devil. No, we don't need to attack the devil. Jesus fought the battle and won for us. And the Bible says we need to stand upon the victory that Christ has given to us. All we need to do is to stand upon the integrity of the finished work. Is a good fight. Is a good fight of faith. And the Bible says, Jesus said, Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Say, take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. My yoke is easy. And when you think about it, um, the Bible also talks about somewhere in Hebrews. If I, <laughs> I don't have time to look for it now. It's, it talks about strive. Strive to enter his rest. How strive to enter the rest of God? In everything that we do to impress him, to, be, to, to please him on our daily lives, if we understand that he fought the battle already for us and won the victory for us, that's why Romans chapter 8 says, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. We are more than conquerors. He conquered and handed the victory over to us. He said, I give you authority to trample upon serpents and scorpions and over all, not some, over all the ability of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm you. When he said that, he knows what he's talking about. But we need to be the ones to believe him, take his word for what it is. And knowing that he's not a man, he doesn't lie. I don't know what your situation is. I don't know what you're faced, faced with. But I can assure you, the, every solution to the, any problem is found in the word. I want us to look at Philippians 3. Philippians 3, 7 to 8. Also, have in the back of your mind the scripture we read in 
in um, John 17, verse 3. This is life eternal, that they might know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. In Philippians, go there, I can, Philippians chapter 3. If you read from verse 7, this is Paul, the greatest apostle, a slave of Christ. Philippians 3. Paul was writing, he said, I think I'll go concerning, I'll just read in context, go a little bit perhaps to verse for though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinks that he might he had whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel of the tribe of Benjamin, a, a Hebrew and Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law, a Pharisee concerning zeal, persecuting the church. You know. Paul is describing all his efforts before he got to know Christ, before Jesus met, met him, you know. And then we come to Christ. He saves us, not because of any, anything we have done. He just takes risks of the way we are. And then once we come into Christ, we, then we go back and start striving, doing all these things. All our, we start doing everything that we, want, we think we can do to press, to impress him, to please him. But the only thing, say without faith, it's impossible to please God. He who comes to him must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. How do we seek him? By the word, staying in the word finding out who we are. This is how we discover what Christ has done for us. He said, we behold us in a glass, Second Corinthians chapter 3, the glory of the Lord. We are being transformed into the image of what we behold. If we continue to look in the word, in the perfect law of liberty, we are transformed by what we see. If we continue to look into the word, we are changed by beholding, and the word is Christ himself. Are you looking for the ability to be a doer of the word? Stop striving on your own. Stop trying to. Remember that you are in Christ. That the life you now live in this flesh, you live by the faith of the Son of God who loved you and gave himself for you. So here in verse, Paul said, but what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Verse eight, yea, doubtless I count all things but loss for the excellency, for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. 
It goes back to the knowledge of God. It's not like going to church or have I read my Bible today? No, I haven't read my Bible today. I need to read my Bible. No, it's a knowledge that we may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. Paul said that I may know him. What is eternal life? This is life eternal, that they might know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Why do I need to know him and Jesus? Because Jesus came to reveal the Father. He came to show me the love of the Father. Without Christ, there is no way to know Jesus. Without what Jesus did, there is no salvation. Jesus came, he who knew no sin, he made him to be sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I know there's a scripture in Matthew chapter 6, I think verse 33. It says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added. All these things will be added. But a lot of times, we, are, we already have come to Christ, we know he loves us, and we are trying to seek Seeking that, but the right, he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Who is his righteousness? Christ is, the Bible says in, in 1 Corinthians 1.30, Christ has been made unto us righteousness, sanctification, redemption. He is everything to us. But a lot of times when we lose sight of this, we are, I have to seek his kingdom. Okay, I'm already in his kingdom. The day I chose him. And that same day, he became my righteousness. He became everything to me. Now, he's asking me to enter his rest. All God is asking us to do is have an understanding of the finished work of Christ. Receive it by faith and re relax in him. Is life going to happen? Yes, on a daily basis. But if we understand that the battle we are fighting is a good fight because someone already fought that battle and won for us. Our battle is to stand upon the finished work of Christ and say, no, everything the enemy is throwing at us is to, to cause to, for us to trip, to trip, for us to fall over, to, for us to give up our ground. But we have this ground that Jesus already fought and won for us. So the way we overcome the adversary is by knowing this eternal life that we have. What Apostle Paul said, that I may know him. I've given up everything that I may know him. In, in, in Psalm 1, if you read from verse 1, 
Psalm chapter 1. Be patient with me. Okay, blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of those who mock God. But, look at the contrast, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. I like to put this, but his delight is in the word of God. And in the word of God, he meditates day and night. Meditating in the word day and night doesn't mean leave everything you're doing, stick your eyes in the word, no. Knowing that this word is our life, we have no other life apart from this, and that this word is the person of Jesus. Because in the beginning was the word, and the word was, was with God, and the word was God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And this word, and it tells us, this is life eternal, that you might know him. How do we know him? Through the word, because he is the word. He said, but his delight is in the word of the Lord. And in the word he meditates day and night. Verse 3. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of waters, whose leaves do not wither, and whatsoever he does prospers. It doesn't mean that you will not be, you won't have failures. It doesn't mean that um, you're perfect. No, it doesn't mean that you just go and the enemy will let, leave you alone. No, you're going to face attacks. But knowing where you stand, like in Romans chapter 1, it said, chapter 5 from verse 1, it said, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. We are standing upon the grace of God. And the grace of God is God's ability working on our behalf in spite of our failures. So we are living, we are standing upon the grace of God, therefore being justified by faith, not justified by, by my good works or by my striving to try to please God. Jesus is the only person that pleased the Father on my behalf. I just need to stand upon the integrity and refuse for the enemy to cause me to trip he just wants to push me out of the victory that I already have in Christ and to make me look like I'm trying to walk, striving to try to do something. So he's asking us in all our striving that we will strive to enter into the rest of God. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the glory of God. Romans chapter 5. So, and he shall be like a tree planted by the river, rivers of waters, whose leaves do not wither, and whatsoever he does prospers. Verse 4. 
um, Joshua 1, 8. Joshua, after the death of Moses, God raised Joshua to continue to, with the children of Israel. Um, I'll look at it briefly. I remember where Joshua is. I'll just side verse 8. He said, this book of the law, in other words, this word of God should not depart from your mouth, but you should meditate in it day and night. This word of God should not depart from your mouth. In other words, hold on to the word. Because knowing the battle that we are faced is a battle of words. So, and Jesus gave us an example in the garden when he was during the temptation. The enemy came whichever way he said it is written. Whichever way the enemy tried, Jesus said it is written. It is written. No matter how he tried to trick him, he said it is written. It's an example. It's a teaching process for us. It is written. It is written. This is what is written. And in somewhere inside, I think Psalm 139, it says, He has exalted his word above all his name. We can call him Jehovah Rapha, all those. He has exalted his word above all his name. So I just want to emphasize the importance of the word of God in our daily work, in whatever endeavor we find ourselves, in whatever area we are, we feel attacked. The word of God, that is our victory. Um, in John chapter 8, Jesus, um, this was in, after the story of the woman who was caught in adultery. It's either that or something. But Jesus was talking. He spoke to, the Bible says he spoke to those, those Jews who, who believed in him. And he told them, he said, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. And, and you shall know the word, and the word shall make you free. It didn't say you shall do something to be freed. It is the truth, the knowledge of what he has done that we receive. That's what makes us free. It's not by you can fast if you want to. You can pray all night prayer. That's amazing. That's wonderful. Those things are all good. But what, is, what makes us free from the things that we struggle with? What makes us free? It is the knowledge. That goes back to the knowledge. This is life eternal, that they might know you, the only true God, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. This goes back to what Paul, Apostle Paul said, that I may know him 
and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth. It is the knowledge of the truth that will make you free. Knowing that he has become my righteousness, I'm not going to strive to try to establish my own righteousness for God to be happy with me. God was happy with me the day Christ died, and that was before my great, 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 great grandparents were even born. Think about it. That's how, that, that's the work of God. That's why he said, all things are ready. Whoever will may come. Whoever will may come. That's why we can go out and tell people the good news. That's why it's, a, it's good news. The gospel is good news. He did it all for us. All we need to do is to appreciate what he has done, stay in the word of God, and refuse to be pushed around by Satan the devil and tell him it is written. And while we do that, fretting about it, um, won't help. It was a couple weeks ago. We had so much, so many, so many attacks against us. So many things. I mean, we did a job for a woman. After the job was, she started finding all kinds of trouble. And when it was about time for the final payment, we got a letter from her lawyer that we should come to, to the lawyer's office and sign over the final payment to her. Till today, she hasn't given it. And we have four houses, nobody's paying rent. It's like the whole, um, everything was let loose upon, <laughs> upon us. And uh, all this time, I'm thinking, uh, cast, casting all your cares upon the Lord because he cares for you. Casting all your cares upon him because he cares. So if I start worrying about this, I'll get headache. Um, I'm not going to be able to accomplish anything. And then to top it all, my husband went with two kids we had to his cousins and, went, and he came back, lost his wallet. And in his wallet, all the credit cards, uh, some checks, a whole bunch of them, and we prayed, we looked everywhere, we couldn't find it. So Sunday, it was Sunday evening, the very next day, I was doing something. The Lord spoke to me. The Lord said, go find him. We have a big house. He said, go find him. Sit down and have a talk because I want Philippians 4, 6 to start working in him. I know if you ask me, say, I'm fine, but I, I, I knew he was fretting because he didn't have his license. All these credit cards, about four of them, business and uh, how many checkbook, uh, pieces of different four accounts, he had them in his wallet and everything was missing. So I, I, I came upstairs, I found him in the office, I said, can we just sit down and talk? 
I told him, the Lord said to come find you and to pray, have a talk and pray with you because he wants Philippians 4, 6 to rest in your heart. So we did that, gave it to the Lord. Then the next day, our secretary checked the messages in the office. Someone had called, someone found how many checks for? Yeah, some, someone found four checks to four accounts. Yeah, one was signed. The reason why we don't carry checkbooks was he was giving someone a ride sometime. They took the checkbook and thought to check Sana. So what we do is we take some, some of the checks put in our wallet. So this guy saw our phone number and called the office that he found four checks to four accounts. And uh, he, yes. Yes, so he found that, he called, and then he contacted the guy. He went and picked up the four checks. And he went back trying, driving around in the area. So he found by a creek, he, found, he saw his wallet, all the, all the uh, credit cards were... The Lord spoke to me when I got out of my truck after I got the four checks that obviously in this area where the four checks were blowing on this man's lawn from the road, you know, it, it all came out that it must have been on my car and it blew off the car. But I remembered in ninth grade earth science when I got out of the truck, the wind was blowing in my face and the Lord spoke to me about prevailing wind. And it was like it didn't get to there from the Otigo direction that the man walked. It was from the Oneana direction where it fell off and then blew back to his house. So I drove to the next house, the opposite direction where he went, and there was my wallet. The remaining checks had blown into the pond. I saw them in the water and my driver's license. Oh, but I didn't find the wallet till Tuesday because I was gonna go to the DMV Monday and I called, it was 3.15 and they closed early. I was gonna go get a new license on Monday. They closed at 3.30 and I was like, there's no way I'm gonna have time to get my license. So I went and got the checks from him. Tuesday, I didn't go get a new license because I got my old license back with all the credit cards and all the rest of the checks that were missing. But that was because the Lord spoke to Precious through the scripture and through prayer. Amen. Amen. So um, I, I brought that up for you to know. There's your father. How many of you are parents here? Do you speak with your children? Is it so strange for a, a for a child to hear his father talk to them? No. So he is our heavenly father. He's speaking to us constantly. 
but a lot of times life happens and we are not hearing. He's talking. We need to pay more attention to him because he's concerned in the minutest details of our lives. So I, I don't want to keep you guys so long. I'm glad Pastor just told me otherwise I probably will have a whole lot of scriptures. Um, one last scripture I want to share is one of my most favorite, if there's anything like that, is Proverbs 4, verse 20 to 23. This is God, he said, my son, attend to my words. He's not talking to strangers. He said, my son, you, attend to my words. Incline your ears. There are so many voices every single day. So many things speaking to us. Problems, people, doctors, the economy, news, all of them are out there on a daily, daily basis. But this is what your heavenly father is saying. My son, attend to my words. My son, incline your ears to what I have to say. My son, don't let my word depart from your eyes. My son, Take my word and hide them in the midst of your heart. Why? For they are life to those that find them. And medicine to all their flesh. And it says, guide your heart with all diligence. In, there are so many voices, so many voices they have one aim, to stifle the voice of God, to take away the word from you. He said, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. My son, attend to my words. My son, incline your ears to my sayings. My son, do not allow, no matter what, don't allow my word to depart from your eyes. In other words, whatever you do, however the battle, let my word be your focus. The Bible says in Hebrews 12, he said, in, let us get rid of the sin that so easily beset us. A lot of times we think it is this committing sin. No, the sin of taking your eyes away from the word. The sin of making other things priority instead of keeping a focus on the, on the word. And then in verse 2 it says, looking unto Jesus the author and the finisher of your faith. And that Jesus is the word of God. That Jesus 
is your savior. That Jesus is your righteousness. He is your sanctification. He is your, God is pleased. When he looks at you, he sees Christ. When he looks at you, even when you have missed it, He's not looking at you to say, look at what he has done. No, he sees you through the blood. That's how he looks at us. I think it's about time we begin to appreciate what Jesus has done for us. Because when I miss it, whatever I have done wrong, I don't have a desire to do wrong, but if I do something wrong, my father is not holding that against me. As long as I know that Christ is picking me up, I strive to, to please him. But in all that striving is by knowing what Jesus has accomplished for me, the victory he has gotten for me, and he has placed upon this, you stand, stand therefore, take on the whole armor of God and refuse to be pushed around. I tell devil, if, I, if, I, if he gets my attention, I say, I will wear you out. I will wear you out. You can wear me out, done. I, I, the victory I have is not, if there's anything good in me, it's what Christ has done. So you may as well go to hell because I will wear you out. So we need to take a stand. Stand upon whose, know who you are and whose you are and to whom you belong. There was a need and heaven intervened when Christ came and loved you so much. He gave his life for you. What else can he do for you? We are sons of the most high God. We refuse to be pushed around. It's time for us to dust ourselves and get up and say, enough is enough. Praise the Lord. Amen. Awesome. Thank you so much, Precious. Um, being ready in season and out of season, I'm so grateful for Precious and for her impact on my life. Um, she attends a Bible study that we do here um, on the second and fourth Mondays for women. And ev every Monday night is like that. It's just the Word of God, the Word of God, the Word of God. And um, I clean house for my sisters, my sister on Friday, my sister Bethany. Bethany is the best. If you want your house clean, you need to go see my sister. She's meticulous. And we have this kind of a joke because she, anybody who's worked for Bethany knows that if she walks into a room you've just cleaned, she will find the piece of lint or dust that remains. Am I right, Liz? And uh, I, was, I was telling her that it's not, I didn't leave the lint behind, I promise. I was dusting, I was sweeping, and the lint flies in the air and it lands after I've left the room, I promise you. She does not believe me. But um, I, was, I was cleaning her house this Friday and I was um, vacuuming, because we vacuum every inch, we don't sweep 
because if you sweep, that's exactly what happens. The lint falls. And I was getting into the corners with the brush on the vacuum, and I was not slightly annoyed, but, you know, I was like, oh, this is not fun. And the Lord said to me, uh, the ungodly are not so. They are like the chaff which the wind drives away. And I was like, what, God? (laughs) And I just had this moment, and it's the end of Psalm 1 that she was talking about. Blessed is the man who walks in the counsel of the ungodly, who does not stand in the way of sinners, who does not sit in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. The ungodly are not like that. And I had this kind of vision of that piece of lint, that elusive piece of lint just kind of flying around Bethany's house and kind of going from room to room, wreaking havoc in our lives. And just kind of like the Lord was like, you know, don't be like that piece of lint, Amy. You know, the ungodly are like that. You stay grounded in the word. You stay meditating in his word. And don't be that piece of lint that goes wherever the wind of the culture, wherever the wind of our circumstance, wherever the wind of our finances, our health takes us. No, we are grounded in his word. And we will be like a tree planted by the rivers of waters that brings fruit in its season. Our leaves will not wither, and whatever we do will prosper. Amen? Amen.